Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. Today is January the 4th in the year of our Lord, 2023. His name is Alex. My name is Frank. Happy New Year, sir. Happy New Year, man. How was your uh, eves? It was great. Very pleasant. Um, made a lot of boozy cocktails and stayed home. Watched Star Wars. Ooh, which one? Uh, started with A New Hope and then got halfway into Empire Strikes Back. Forced my sister to start Fellowship of the Ring, actually. So we started another trilogy that I don't believe Star Wars would be even around in the universe if the Lord of the Rings trilogy did not exist. That's my personal opinion. What do you mean? I don't think you would have Star Wars if it wasn't for Lord of the Rings. I don't think you'd have a lot of modern, like you wouldn't have Game of Thrones. Do you, so you Lord know for a fact that George Lucas was reading J.R.R. Tolkien? I mean, let's let's look at what, what we have in front of us here. We have a trilogy, like a, a cornerstone in most famous stories told today, but a trilogy. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, if you think about it, Star Wars is is just a space, kind of a space version of Lord of the Rings. Yes, there's a plot difference somewhat in in trying to defeat the evil, but it's. Uh, I, I would say, yeah, I don't. I don't think you have it. I mean, Tolkien wrote Lord of the Rings in like the 40s and the 50s, and pretty much like set the pace for sci-fi fantasy whatever you want to call that genre going forward and in my opinion like i don't think you have it man my sister's watching it saying like harry potter comes to mind for her that it's a direct rip off of this she liked the story of harry potter more but i don't just all the mythical shit i I guess maybe star wars i'll give you that there are plot differences there but you don't have lord of the you don't have harry potter and you definitely don't have game of thrones without lord of the rings it's the og i understand that lord of the rings was written before star wars was produced but i i think you're given way too much credit to the think so yeah absolutely star wars mm. was the original trilogy in in terms of movies is a firestorm in it was the biggest movies, thing to ever happen sure yeah yeah for sure it's, it's, in terms of movies it was first but george lucas had to write a story based on something um, i think he was drawn from some source material there have you seen this comparison star wars and harry potter <laughs> no i haven't no let's do it no the thing is i don't i don't mind harry potter for what it is which is a children's storybook you know, I just get upset when people want to act like it's like the this seminal classic, the greatest literary hallmark of our time, because it's not, right? It's not. JK, news for you guys, and I'm sorry if this hurts. JK did not write a masterpiece. JK wrote Star Wars with sucky lightsabers. <laughs> And if you don't believe me, if you don't believe me, that's okay. That's okay. Just take a look, just take a look at the evidence, all right? What do we have here? Oh, it's a young male orphan protagonist who, for his own safety, had been sent to live with his aunt and uncle until a mysterious bearded stranger, who was actually the one to deliver him to his aunt and uncle when he was a baby, comes into his life, starts to teach him about this ancient kind of magic. Granny's going to learn a lot more about this magic from an older, wiser wizard who's high most of the time. Regardless, he's not going against this magic stuff, won't even tell him what really happened to his parents, but against his uncle's wishes, he leaves home for the very first time, makes new friends, meets a pretty young, impetuous girl, and while there will be an odd sexual tension between the two of them, he will only ever love her like a sister while she struggles with the feelings that she has for his best friend, the scruffy comic relief. So true. So true. Hilarious, you like that? Oh yeah, I definitely see the parallel. I heard that for the first time, I was like, whoa. Yeah, but I mean, there's still parallels there that you could draw from, like where Frodo is living with his uncle because his parents have died mysteriously, and then he gets magically a wizard who gets high all the time, comes and picks him up, Gandalf, and needs to take him on a journey to destroy evil. 
you know, that was in his uncle's past. And along the way, they meet a lot of friends and you have the comic relief coming from Mary and Pip and you have the the good friend and Sam wise. And in Lord of the Rings, you have the Balrog, which is like the huge, big, scary monster, just like you got the big ass sand pit worm, whatever the fuck thing that is that Jack Boba Fett or whoever falls into. And at the end of one of the movies, Gandalf dies and, and he think he's gone, just like you see Han Solo get freeze and you think he's gone it's it's dude there's just so many things that that he takes from that's okay like inspiration's good but i don't think we can act like it didn't happen and star wars is like this like out of nowhere ingenious thought that george lucas had i i don't know i think tolkien like kicked off in the modern age like that whole genre of fantasy sci-fi like if we look at it it really all comes from homer's like odyssey you know like that's kind of like the one the first great tale of something like this but to like bring that into the new age and into like the modern era and then also to like start to world build because i don't not many novels and and stories like this had built these whole worlds where you had all these different species and even like his own languages that he came up with for elvish and dwarven and all these other things like the whole things that create like a whole universe like, that really wasn't happening. So that is the spark to me. Hmm. Yeah. I couldn't get Jacqueline into uh, star Wars either. So what are you going to do? I mean, if you even look back at the old seventies movies, I get why they were big back then, but it, it doesn't do much to the massage oh, mind yeah. of the, of the modern day moviegoer. Yeah. It's really, it's really just a bunch of dialogue and then a couple lightsabers and that's it. So you got to really be into the story and pay attention, mm-hmm. figure out what's going on. And I think with that stuff too, like, I mean, Star Wars less so because it came out in the seventies, but like, it was just kind of there when we were kids. But for me, like Lord of the Rings, like those movies, they came out in 2001, the first one did. So it's like, we were like very young like kids kind right. of becoming teenagers. That's like the perfect age or something like that to come out. And then I think like nostalgia grips you and that's like what you hold it to. And then like you're saying, you show it to people that never seen it or whatever. And today's world, it's just kind of like, eh, eh. <laughs> it's just hard to get into, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Are you participating in dry January? I don't know what that is. Is that like a sober thing? Yeah. You never heard of it? Mm-mm, dry no, January? No. No. Mm, no. I've heard of sober October. Yeah, I mean, it's similar, but dry January. I imagine it's, it's spawned from the indulgence of the holidays. I guess I'm not three days completely sober, have not had any inebriates for the past three days. And I know that makes me sound like a degenerate, because I am. Because I couldn't remember the last time I didn't have something. One or another or both, either marijuana or, or alcohol. Talking about crack and meth? Yes. Oh. That oh. too. But that's, uh, we're, we're, this is California sober, Al. <laughs> Um, That's next year's resolution. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's a big thing. And people do it all the time. Not to jump on the craze. I just felt like I needed a little bit of a reset. So like the alcoholic I am, I said, eh, I'm not going to have a drink today. And that was two days ago. And I said it yesterday and I said it today. And we're recording this in the evening time. And I'm usually a drink or two deep before we even press record. And then I got one or two here with me. And it's a really fun, loose time. And, uh, and I'm not today. I feel good about it. Um, I don't know how long it's going to last. I'm not going to pin myself to the entire month of January. But this morning, I read an article in The Spectator of this guy who just completely destroys dry, dry January. And uh, it's coming from the perspective of a, a Brit in the winter. So you could probably uh, relate to this a little bit better than I can, where the, where the weather's not terribly cold out here in California. But I'm going to read a little bit to you. 
He says, allow me to set the scene for you. It is the coldest month of the year and also the darkest. The sun sets not long after lunch, ruling out any after work revelry, more exciting than testing your antifreeze. It's too chilly to go for a walk. Even a trip to the gym looms like an endurance test. Despite blasting the heat at all hours, you still can't get your house warm. Your girlfriend hasn't been seen in the four days since she took refuge under that blanket with the Friends logo on it. The Christmas season has ended, stripping the winter of its festivity. No more twinkling lights or Andy Williams. You took down your tree weeks ago lest you become one of those freaks who still has decorations up in February. But without it, your house just feels bare. (laughs) Your driveway is a death trap of black ice. Your trees are leafless daggers. Friends keep messaging you like they might want to go out might be on the cusp of doing something fun, only to suddenly go dark, surrendering to the inertia of the season. Imagine all of this, and now let's say you have two options. First, you can give up drinking. The second is you can gulp down every porter and stop within a five-mile radius in order to brighten up the mood. Which one are you going to choose? And to that, I say (laughs) amen, because I remember, I feel like this guy nails the winner, dude. That's exactly how it feels. Especially when he said a trip to the gym looms like an endurance test. It's like, oh, yes. Even if it's a 10-minute drive, dude, that shit sucks. For sure. Oh yeah, for sure. I, man, it just, it does make so much sense though. Cause once you just like indulge into, I mean, shit, it starts with Halloween. You eat a bunch of candy mm-hmm. feeds right into Thanksgiving where you're eating a shit ton of food. And then you kind of just repeat that all again a month later. And I realize there's some people out there with, with some self-control, but not us. There's yeah, maybe a few. Yeah. Not us. Definitely not so, us. I mean, man. it does make sense. My resolutions to try to, you know, my goal is to get down uh, about 30 pounds from where I'm at this year is my goal. 30 pounds. Try to take it slow at first here. It's a lot of pounds. Yeah, it's a lot of pounds. But I want to, at least like 25 is, is re- the realistic goal, but 30 is like my psycho goal. Damn. So we're going to see. If I lost 30 pounds right now, I would be 185. I don't think I've ever weighed 185 really? as a oh, man. as older than 10. I want to get to like 210, 215. I think if you got this frame to 210, 15, be pretty mean. Yeah. Be looking good. Sex magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because I, I think I carry 240 pretty well, but. You're 240 right now? Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. But I feel it in like the, especially this time of year, bro, I've just watched over the month of January as the love handles, like the spare tire that surrounds me. It just starts to get a little bit more inflated. Carries there and it carries in my breasts. Mm. So they feel a little bit too voluptuous now. So it's time to make some Same with me too, man. That's funny. I carry my weight in my hips. And also my boobs look bigger really? and I, like not in a good way. Sometimes, you know, sometimes weird. you might look, what that is. even if, even if you're working out, you know, you look like, but, but, but mm-hmm. if they're too big, it's not, it's not good. It's not the, it's Mm-mm. not the move. My resolution, Mm-mm. if I, if I had to pick one <laughs> is that I don't want to eat a donut this year. Really? Yeah. That's hard where you are, man. There's a lot of great donut places out, out West that way. And I've had them all. Mm. So I'm not missing yeah. anything. You feel me? Except them again. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. But I think it's a really good... In- Dude, that is my weakness. There is nothing... Take really? away alcohol, Donuts? fine. Take away whatever inebriants, fine. I don't care. I'll draw the line at golf. But but literally everything else, you could take it away from me and I would not be happy, but I wouldn't be like super... Donuts, dude my biggest vice. If I see a donut shop, I have to, I have to divert my wheel from pulling into the driveway. <laughs> I swear to God, dude, it's that, it's that the, bad. I fucking love donuts. What I need from you then, and it doesn't need to be like from a specific place that kind of donut, but give me your top three donuts Apple like fritter, across the one. board. <laughs> Great choice. Okay. Apple fritter. Absolutely. Number one. Um, uh-huh. And that's a tricky one because sometimes it's hit and miss. Sometimes I leave in that grease too much and you're just biting into like a soggy, greasy fritter. 
Mm-hmm. But I'll take the chance. Number two, <laughs> maple bar. Oh, Number wow. Number two is a maple okay. bar. I love me a maple uh-huh. bar. And, and I think, this is just me, but you could substitute that maple bar for a chocolate bar and you'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then third is a buttermilk, a big, nice, buttermilk. heavy, dense buttermilk. Oh, okay. You know what I'm talking gotcha. about? Mm-hmm. It's like a yeah. fucking crater. Okay. I think I would go my my number one. We have the same as fritter, but I also will throw a cherry fritter into that. I've not, Honestly, I've never fritter. had. One. I've had blueberry fritters. I've never come across a cherry. Fr- well, yeah, you wouldn't want to do that before you eat it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> the place right by my house has peach, blueberry, cherry, and, and apple fritters. Oh my. Out of this world. Next time you come in town, we'll get some. But so fritter number one for sure. Number two, bro, I have to go. Jelly filled donuts have to do it. I love that mm. that filling, bro. Mm. That that jelly filling, with a little bit of like a puffy yeasty donut. Mm. <clears throat> and then three, give me cream filled, not custard filled. Fuck custard. It doesn't belong on my my breakfast plate. I won't have it. But a cream filled, I'll very much enjoy. Well, that's very on brand. But why not <laughs> custard? I I don't know. Like I I don't that custard in the morning. I, there's something about it that just never does it for me and i don't know like a boston cream like whatever that and i love you know me i love i'm a creme brulee all-star fan like one of i am a creme brulee but like i just don't like it in a donut like i like it hot for Hmm. some reason interesting cold you could make that like your your eggs in the morning you know custard filled donut i like a custard better than a cream (laughs) you know like Like, all right whipped cream is just yeah it's just airy cream that's all it is. It's just cream it's with like, a bunch of air. I'm looking more for cake frosting cream. Like you have the Krispy Kreme mm, so like, cream filled donuts. It's like Those a butter cream. Are good. Yeah, yeah, like more like a butter cream, better cream, whatever that's called. And then like a chalk, like glaze. A lot of times they'll be glazed with like a, then chocolate on top. That's how Krispy Kreme does it. That's really what I'm thinking of when I say this. Interesting. Donut, I, I stray away from the from the filled donuts. Kind of on, really? on principle. Yeah, not my favorite. On principle. Okay, fair enough. But you know. You're a purist. Some might say. I also like I also like going and just getting like four, six, eight if I'm feeling naughty. Uh, donut holes. Yeah. It's like popping donut towns. holes. Yeah. I, oh, and I will say a very close third place, but fourth place would be just the basic sprinkle donut because I love me some sprinkles. Those are good. Those are good. Uh, All right, so you're into that? Like the filling is what throws you off? It's not the topping on No, like, the I, love on top a, I love a like, nice chocolate topping with sprinkles. Perfect. It's tremendous. Yeah. I don't know what it is about the filling. I, I just... Uh, it's never been my thing. I don't know. It's like too much. It's a lot. It, is a, it lot. is a lot. But I don't eat donuts as much as you. I'm I'm much more rare. Like I probably eat a donut once every two months, maybe. And it's like if Sarah brings it home, like I don't stop and get donuts. Really? I don't know why. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not like a sweet breakfast guy in general. Like I enjoy French toast as much as the next guy and some pancakes and all that shit. But like I really. In the morning, sweet just does. I want like black coffee and like most of the time oatmeal or eggs. Like that's some toast. I'm uh, that's me. I'm, I guess I'm just more of a savory person in that regard. But then at nighttime is when the sweet beast comes out of me. Well, here's how much of a big fat fuck I am. Um, if I had <laughs> to like put a pie chart out of the time of day that I eat a donut, fifty yeah. percent or less of it is after noon. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So you're going for the deals. No, you're going no, for it's like not the, the deals. It's just <laughs> if I happen to be in the vicinity of a donut shop, gotcha. I okay. will make that move. It just happens to be. <laughs> and so you think you're going to be able to go a whole year, huh? I think so. You're going to be not yeah. without scratching it's that like, itch? It's mission critical right now, dude. I'm telling you. It's like a, it's like a sickness. <laughs> I'm about and to it, send a box to your and it's, <laughs> <laughs> it stems, dude, I was listening to... God, 
who was the golfer. Might have been Graham McDowell. I don't remember. It was, it was some golfer from Ireland, I think. And he was talking about mm-hmm. how to get your kids into golf. And he goes, mm-hmm. after a round, take them to the clubhouse, buy them a soda, buy them an ice cream, mm-hmm. do something. Associate a really good memory with playing golf and you'll hook them for life. And that's me with donuts. When I think of a donut, you know what I think of? I think of going Mm. to watch, I think it was my older sister play soccer. Somebody was playing soccer. And my dad went and bought us donuts and milk. And Mm. it's just like the greatest memory. Or did you guys ever do garage sales? Oh, yeah. Dude, garage sales would be up at like 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning. My mom would have donuts ready for me. Get some donuts. Yeah. That is like the, when we ever, we move, like when Zach moves or I move or whatever, it's get a, you know, stop in the morning, get the box of coffee and a, and a box of donuts for everybody mm-hmm. helping with the move. That is, that is essential. See, for me, I will say, I, I think what I'm hearing is your donuts is my ice cream. Okay. Like my, when I was a kid, soft serve ice cream, Dairy Queen, Nettie's, those kind of places in Toledo, uh, which there's a lot I found once I left Toledo, there weren't as many, like at least here in Chicago, like those, like those soft serve chili dog places. But that was like where we always went after sporting events or whatever it was. Um, so I think that's where that, now that you're saying it, I like, I think it just connected my, some of my obesity problems, but, yeah. um, I think, I think that's definitely, that'd be my crush. That'd be something I would need to cut out is the, the cream. Oh, good. I, ho- I hope you do it, man. Um, yeah. We have and good luck with the donuts. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. I will need it. We, we are a, a, a big fat country. We're, we're a country mm-hmm. filled with big old fat people. And I say it so harshly because it's, it's, it's a problem. It's a problem because as a nation, as we get bigger, the way we think about healthcare, it, it, it switches. It, it, it becomes sick care. It becomes propping up those of us who make poor dietary decisions and are poisoning our body every day. And that comes with a plethora of health problems. This is documented. There's there's absolutely no controversy to this. And I, I, don't, I don't say it's to shame people who happen to be overweight. Um, I certainly have some pounds to lose. You've admitted so yourself. Um and, and I think a lot of us do, but but really what we're talking about is is pe- people who are clinically obese, right? And that is a subjective metric, especially if you're talking about using BMI as the metric. That that there's a lot of controversy about using that. We're talking Gilbert Grape have to get craned there out of the go. house fat. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Did I ever tell you I called that ending when I saw it for the first time? That he's gonna have to use a crane. I was watching it with Pat Davis, and I'm like, that fat motherfucker is gonna die, and they're gonna have to like <sighs> crane them out of the house. And Pat was sitting there like secretly told me after the fact like dying inside because he's like you he had already seen it he's like you just called the fucking movie <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Sorry, i, I forgot about that my that's how i want to go out bro it's just, just be craned out arms and legs dangling just fast as out. just just become the biggest nuisance as <laughs> as you can it's amazing um, all right back to your your actual news and real things well i i think i think there's a a thought process. And I, and I know when I, when I was a kid, I was, I was obese. I was not chubby. I was obese. And there's societal, uh, uh norms that, that will, that will put pressure on you, especially as a kid and, and make you feel like absolute shit. And as an adult, I got to imagine that it's not much different. And as you get older and as the pounds continue to get get as you get heavier and 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 you don't lose any weight and your diet doesn't change um i gotta imagine there is a a sense of of hopelessness that is associated with that that this is not going to change despite any efforts and 
you've tried this and you've tried that. It's not going to happen. I bring all this up uh, because in nature.com, um, there's an article talking about breakthrough obesity drugs that have stunned researchers, uh, a class of drugs that quash hunger have shown striking results in trials and in practice, but can they help all people with obesity and conquer weight stigma? An interesting question. The hotel ballroom was packed to near capacity with scientists when Susan Yanovsky arrived. Despite being 10 minutes early, she had to maneuver her way to one of the few empty seats near the back. The audience at the Obesity Week conference in San Diego, California in November 2022 was waiting to hear the results of a hotly anticipated drug trial. The presenters... Researchers affiliated with a pharmaceutical company, Novo Nordisk, based in Bagsvard, Denmark, did not disappoint. They described the details of an investigation of a promising anti-obesity medication in teenagers, a group that is notoriously resistant to such treatment. The results astonished researchers. A weekly injection for almost 16 months, along with some lifestyle changes, reduced body weight by at least 20% in more than one-third of the participants. Previous studies had shown mm. that the drug semaglutide... Sema, I think it's semaglutide. I've, I've heard oh, about yeah. this. Previous studies had shown that this that the drug semaglutide was just as impressive in adults. The presentation concluded like no other at the conference, says Yanofsky, co-director of the Office of Obesity Research at the U.S. National Institute of Diabetes and Digestive and Kidney Diseases. <laughs> Jesus, what a name. Uh, in Bethesda, Maryland. Sustained applause echoed throughout the room like you were at a Broadway show. These drugs are arriving in an era where obesity is growing exponentially. Worldwide, obesity has tripled since 1975. In 2016, about 40% of adults who were considered overweight and 13 had obesity, according to the WHO. With extra weight often comes heightened risk of health conditions such as type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and certain cancers. So the problem of abundance is in some ways a good problem, right? We're not starving. We're not starving. Yeah. People definitely still starve, but we're not starving. And the, the biggest problem is that we have an abundance to eat. And if there's nothing that can trick our mind biologically to say that we're not hungry, we're going to eat because biologically, that's how we've been trained to survive. We're opportunistic eaters. If there is food, mm -hmm. you will eat because historically, basically, from human history from 50 years ago and when we started, from when we started, you didn't know when your next meal was going to come. There was no guarantee. For so now the last, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 years or so, we manufacture terrible food for very cheap, very, very calorically dense. And you get what we, what we see now is, is tr tremendous rates of obesity. Semaglutide was approved for weight loss, uh, in 2021. And there's also another, uh, another drug called terzepatide and that's approved for type two diabetes. They show that that drug terzepatide can prompt law, uh, weight loss of 21% of body weight. So I think that is an encouraging sign, but it also begs another question. Does a drug like this that can do what it says it does, does that then open another door to people becoming even more lazy and less conscious of what they're putting in their body and just saying, oh, well, I can fix it with a pill later. What do you think? Yeah, potentially, potentially, but like immediately no, because like this drug, so this is actually, I read into this at the beginning of October, Elon Musk posted about this. The drug he took was called Wegovy, which is just like a brand name of semaglutide. Uh -huh. The thing though that, about it though, is that it, it has to be injected and 
comes out to like twelve hundred to fifteen hundred dollars per month. Yeah, they're saying here it's about thirteen hundred. Yeah, so at least now it's not something where like you can go to GNC, buy it, start taking it, and you're gonna lose weight and can say fuck it. Yes, I guess it does open the door for that, but also like if if you start eating this, the whole idea is that it curbs your appetite. So like naturally, it would make you not do that. Do you need to do that for the rest of your life? Yeah, I don't remember reading anything about you need to stay on it. You know what I mean? Like if you get your if you get your tummy tucked, that suppresses hunger. That's permanent. And if you if you're getting injected yep. with yeah. a drug that suppresses your appetite so effectively mm-hmm. that you're losing 20% of your body weight. What happens if you're off that drug? Do you, is it like, is it like you relapse and you just start eating a bunch of McDonald's again? You know? Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. That's a, and it also says there's a very common side effects of uh, gastrointestinal issues like nausea and diarrhea. So it's like, Oh, maybe that's how you're losing. You know, weight. if you're shitting every day, all day, and that's how you're losing weight. Like I, that would not be good either. I don't know. So it's probably not for everyone, but it, I mean, it's interesting for sure, uh, especially if they can make it more cost-effective. I'm not going to lie. I would probably take it, fuck with it, and see what happens. You know, I don't know, man. I, I kind of take issue with it because I, it could absolutely help people. But to me, I think the the more the most wide use of this drug would be for body image mm-hmm. and not to get healthy. You know sure. what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like yeah. you and I mm-hmm. are relatively healthy people, even though we eat more shit than we probably should. This is... Just from like 20 minutes, four candy wrappers. What are those, candy wrappers? Yeah. No. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't look with my clothes off as good as I hope I do, but I certainly don't feel like I'm at any heightened risk for diseases caused by being overweight or diseases heightened by being overweight. I feel like if this becomes something that's available to the public, it would be a vanity drug instead of something that promotes health. So I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know that I would want to take it. I I would want to, I would want to eat better and work Mm -hmm. out better. And I would rather be 10 pounds, 15 pounds, 20 pounds overweight than pay for an injection. Or yeah, potentially become addicted to a drug, you know, cause who, yeah, if you're on it for a year or two straight and then you go off of it, what the fuck's going to happen now? Some people that get those tummy tucks. I know a couple of people that got that, that stomach surgery that were super fucking skinny, lost a ton of weight. Saw him a year later, bro, almost back to the exact same size because really? once you start stretching that stomach again, like y'all, all of those, all of the problems that were there before are still there as far as like your eating habits with those kind of people. Think about somebody who is overweight and has made good faith efforts to lose weight in the form of exercise and diet. And maybe it works for mm-hmm. a little while, but the problem with that is that the results come back so slowly. And then think about something like this, where all you got to do is an injection and the results are dramatic, then I could absolutely see somebody thinking that this is the only way this can happen because I've tried the other ways and I just can't do it. It's not in me. I don't, I don't work out. That's not me. Right. I like to eat pasta every night. But That's for, not like, me. Let's, they get this down to like $25 an injection, Frank. You're telling me <laughs> for washboard abs, you're not going to take that shit. Come on. I'm doing it. I mean. I, I, yeah. And honestly, the way I would like convince myself is that if I get myself healthier, that means that hopefully my family would be healthier because we'd be eating healthier foods. The things that I would produce as far as children go would be healthier. So like if we're all being healthier, that results in the future people hopefully being healthier, maybe. Yeah, but I trust Possibly. you to make those decisions consciously for your family because I know you. Sure, right. But if I know the American sure. public... I know that we're a bunch of self-absorbed, vain people <laughs> and that yeah. th- th- that this this would be, in my opinion, m- more than likely would be abused. And mm-hmm. it's like anything that you're doing for a quick fix. Um, it, it's, it's probably not in the long run. Great. However, 
However, I do think that this is a really, really good development because it is the first time that there have been results like this. And uh, I think that there are people out there, frankly, can't get out of bed without some sort of assistance uh, who, who, yeah. could, who could absolutely use this drug. And, and, I, and, I, and I think if, if the focus remains on those folks um, or somebody who's, you know, really, really overweight, I mean, we're talking like 50 to 100 pounds or more overweight, not in great shape, diet sucks. Maybe this is something that jumpstarts that. And, and I think that there could be a ton of positives with it. But I, I am as always, a bit skeptical. I feel you. No, I have for here. And I think while the price remains high, it'll, it'll be for those kind of people that, you know, I guess put onto their healthcare if they have these chronic issues or for the super rich celebrities that can afford it. And they'll continue to look ripped, but they were already probably editing their Instagram pictures anyway to look ripped. So it's all the same. Yeah. Let's uh, switch gears here for a second. Let's say that your wife had a stepdad. Okay. By all accounts, this guy is not a bad dude. He's not your wife's dad, but he's also not a terrible guy, as far as you know. Then your wife finds that he has over a hundred nude photos of your wife on his computer. Then your wife kills him. Mm. She justified. So her stepdad had a bunch of naked pictures of her on his computer. Yes. So she killed and him. And then she turned around and completely lost her mind. Is she justified in doing so? Sarah, don't kill your stepdad. But do you think that this is something that deserves leniency? Maybe not in the eyes of the court of the law, right? That, that, that's pretty rigid. But does this have any justification in your eyes? Uh, I mean, I could see why it would happen. I, I, I mean, it'd be hard for me as like the as her significant other to not feel some type of way, like protective wise, you know, and mm -hmm. want to at least beat that dude's ass. You know what I'm saying? Kill mm -hmm. a person? I don't know. I almost think that the worst sentence or punishment would be to live the rest of your days in jail potentially when, once you're that age. But I, I mean, I could see, I could see cause for it. It, it. That's hard to, that's, that's not child molestation, but that's pretty fucking close to that line. And I could see it. Yeah. Well, let's uh, stop talking hypotheticals because this is a real story. A woman in San Diego uh, by the name of Jade Jenks is accused of drugging, strangling, and suffocating her stepdad, Thomas Merriman, with a plastic bag on New Year's Eve in 2020 after she found more than 100 nude photos of herself on his computer. Um she told jurors that his cocktail of sleeping pills uh, was responsible for his death, but admits that it was gut-wrenching to find the explicit snaps. Um, it doesn't look good for this woman. There are text messages that she sent to her best friend, basically describing how she killed him. So, like, definitely guilty of the crime that she committed. But she explained how she found the the picture she said that she went up up to his office to clean and uh, as she was wiping things down she bumped the mouse and the screen uh, became awake and there was a picture of uh, female breasts on the screen and uh, she knew that they were hers because they had the same beauty mark uh, that was on her chest and she then said those are my breasts obviously became very violated sick um, said that she couldn't, yeah. even, she couldn't even bear to touch her own skin. Has something ever happened to you where you felt violated? I'm going to give an example, and it's like so low on the totem pole of violations. Uh, but has, have you ever experienced something where you said that feels violating? Nah, not that comes to mind, at least. My car got broken into in Los Angeles. Mm. And when I was in there assessing the damages, it felt violated. Vi I felt violated because I knew somebody was in there stealing my yeah. shit. Yeah. 
Right. Just six hours ago. And it felt weird. It felt like creepy. Now, multiply that by, by a million, and, that, and now you have what this woman felt. I guess it does depend on how... I hate to even pick this apart. I guess it does depend on, on how old she was when these photos were taken. But that is just like... The, how do you how do you even come into possession of those? That's what I was... Yeah, that's that was my question. Is like, was she sleeping and he like snapped nude pictures of her? Was it like from an ex-boyfriend of hers that, you know... Was that or he hacked her phone or he planted a camera somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't say here in this article. Man, I, I could see how that would make you snap, bro. I, I definitely can. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, like you, you can't even think about this this guy as a person anymore in your mm. eyes. He's not a person. You, he's humiliated you on, on, on the highest level. And so he, you've already in your mind when you f- find this, you've already dehumanized this person. He's not, he's not a human being anymore. He's a sick monster. And so I'm sure it's very easy to then jump from that bridge to, I'm going to take his life. I'm going to inflict as much pain on this guy as possible. I'm going to fuck with him. Mm -hmm. Like he fucked with me. I don't know. I always think these stories are very interesting because I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't support vigilante justice a lot. I, I think it pays to be the bigger person and allow for justice to run its course. But there are some cases. And and this one is like kind of on the edge. It's like a fringe case for me. It's like, yeah. I've got two then. I've got two. You want to hear two, two okay. stories yeah, I just heard about that are related? One, kind of on the, the slant of vigilante justice. Uh, do you know how to catch a predator? Like why it was ended? Have you ever heard this story? Uh, didn't uh, Hanson get like hurt or something? No. He's in the news right now because he bounced a check. So he's like wanted. He, I think he got arrested or something. But they, <laughs> Is he really? Yeah, he bounced some checks or some shit. So he got in trouble. <laughs> um, that wasn't shit. the story, though. But so to catch a predator ended because in the last, what was the last season, they ended up through their chat rooms, however they were catching people, caught this guy who happened to be a attorney general in Texas. And he was trying to meet up with like a 13 year old boy. They do, you know, you know, the spiel, they, they show up, they mm. talk to him, let him know the cops are outside. It's no take, sense take in running. Talk to him for a Just second. Take a seat. Apparently this dude killed himself on scene and oh, all the cameras shit. captured it. So the network was like, <gasps> we are done with this. Shut it down. They have the, they have his suicide on like, I, I don't remember the network that did it, but on tape. So that was the end of To Catch a Predator. I just found that out this week. I thought that was a crazy story. Oh, damn. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. And then another story that, that this just came out kind of in the same vein as the first one you mentioned uh, is that this week Paramount uh, is got sued for $500 million over the 1968 movie Romeo and Juliet. And uh, the two stars of the film, Leonard Whiting and Olivia Hussey, claim that the director, Franco Zeffirelli, secretly filmed them nude and partially nude without their knowledge, despite previous assurances that there would be no nudity at all in the film, which ended up winning an Oscar. At the time of the filming, these two kids at that time were 16 and 15 years old. <gasps> so they're now 72, 71 years old, going after Paramount for 500 mil, and I can't see why they wouldn't win this unless there's some kind of thing talking about time from when it actually happened. Uh, or like Paramount in the contract. Would, that's something yeah. something yeah. absolves Paramount. But being that it was a award-winning film, like they're one of the main things they said in, in their suit is that Paramount continues to display and profit from these images of nude minors. And it's like that is that is concerning and true. Like how do how does Paramount even fight that? Yeah. So uh, those are two yeah, kind know. of sexual uh stories that, that I saw like the last couple of days. And as soon as you started talking about this, it kind of got the wheels turning. Well, you mentioned Chris Hansen and um, it, it, he, like many other people right now are on the grift of these Idaho murders. And 
I don't understand mm. what it is about these kind of stories where people come out of the woodwork and they want to insert themselves and make it about them, right? Like, mm-hmm. so he's like, he's trying to investigate these murders. Like, who the fuck? Yo, I feel much better now that like Chris Hansen's on the case. You know what I mean? Like, it's and a lot of it, like, it, 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 these things catch fire. The same thing with that yeah. Gabby Petito story from last year. Mm. Like, for some mm-hmm. reason, some stories catch fire and everybody wants to latch themselves onto it. I guess we're <laughs> no different, really, but it it's worth noting the news when it happens. And there was some pretty big uh, updates this week um, that a 28 year old graduate student was arrested as the suspect for the murders of four University of Idaho students. He drove from Washington State University, where he's a PhD student who studies criminology and has an apartment, drove to Moscow, murdered these kids. I don't know that there's any connection between, I'm not going to, I'm not going to mention his name. I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't care to mention his name. Well, I, I think I have heard there was some kind of connection. He followed one of these girls on Instagram that he had liked some of her uh, posts. And then supposedly there's camera footage of a, a, they don't know who it is, but a guy was tossed out of a bar that she was a bartender at. Uh, and the security okay. guard was like her boyfriend, I believe. And I, it sounds like this figure that they, they don't, for sure know if it was him or not, but went outside and waited. And, and you can see on the security camera him there waiting to watch when the bars close and these girls leave, mm. who then, though that was the victim. And, and I think one of the guys that was killed too was like the bouncer that kicked him out. So I think I think there was some premeditation here, man. I don't think it was completely random is, is what they're finding as, as it develops more from what I've heard. I'm kind of hearing it all through Sarah. She's very invested in it. Like you're saying, like a lot of people kind of caught fire when some of these cases happen. Yeah, there would there would have to be some premeditation, right? Because the story is true, the, the, the way it's being told, and he's trying to get away with murder. Then he's he's planning it out, he's plotting it. He's not he's not doing it at random. So you know, who knows? Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But they were looking for a vehicle, a 2011 Hyundai Elantra, and they found it. Which is interesting about that is he was pulled over twice on his way from Washington to Pennsylvania with his father, and both times was let go on a warning. Mm. There's been some secondhand stories about this suspect as a uh, high schooler and uh, people say he got really really weird a senior year like became like really like like a bully so he's, he's he was a phd at washington state he took a criminology class where undoubtedly they talk about this this story right the biggest crime story in america that's gotta make it to that class so mm-hmm. conceivably he was talking about the murders that he committed in a class talking about criminology. Uh, anyway, I, uh, if that's true, that's really, really fucked up. And they have the car. So if that's the car that he used to drive away from the scene with, then absolutely there's got to be some blood in there oh, based yeah, off of, the, for sure. off of the, the description of the murder. So hopefully there's justice on the horizon for these poor children. I hope so, man. One place I don't think there's going to be justice is in the Virgin Islands. Have you heard about this developing story coming out there? No. So a couple days after Christmas, the attorney general for in the U.S. Virgin Islands, uh, her name was Denise George. She filed a lawsuit against J.P. Morgan Chase. The uh, J.P. Morgan? And, uh, the J.P. Morgan Mr. Chase. Mr. Morgan like the himself. Ba- probably the, well, no, no, like the bank, the financial institution. <laughs> Thank you. And she basically accused them of facilitating Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking scheme. It was filed on December 27th, and it alleges that J.P. Morgan knowingly facilitated, sustained, and concealed the human trafficking network operated by Jeffrey Epstein and financially benefited from those actions. On, on what grounds? The lawsuit also alleges the massive financial institution turned a blind eye to Epstein's crimes for more than 10 years because the deals and clients that Epstein brought and promised to bring to the bank. 
the interesting thing is that the attorney general that has brought this up has been fired swiftly uh, with nobody mm. making any comments. Like they're all being extremely hush. A lot of, of these, you know, journalists have reached out to, I mean, obviously you have like the governor of the islands and then people under him and down four or five ranks below him. Nobody will talk about this. So they're definitely being told to shut their mouths. Dang. You know, JP Morgan saying that they t cut their ties in the relationship, yada, yada, yada. But it, it's just interesting to see. And then to see her get canned instantly without any reasoning is just very it's it's makes you scratch your head I, I just think it's a weird story that is weird bro you know you know like a, within a week you just get fired like I, I you just she push somebody's buttons man it's like these I, I feel like more and more of these these companies are like or, or whatever these these secret societies whatever you want to call it are just like uh, getting more and more brazen with their actions like I, I mean gladly she wasn't killed but fired instantly you know what I mean that's the biggest red flag right there is is getting fired I mean telling people to hush up look if my company was accused of anything to do with Jeffrey Epstein, I am sure that that is the word that would come down. Don't say a fucking word to anybody, <laughs> especially yeah, right. especially if it's not true, right? You don't want people to say, well, you know, now that you mention it, <laughs> you know, don't say anything mm -hmm. about it, but to fire them. Eesh, yeah, that who just knows? looks bad. Maybe they were baseless claims. Who knows? And maybe that's why she was fired. Uh, the, the articles I'm reading doesn't really go into much. Just most people just kind of scratching their head at like, why? Did it happen this way and with zero recourse for why she was fired? It's just very, very strange. Uh, and this kind of all comes on the heels of Kanye West getting kicked out, you know, being kicked mm -hmm. out of J.P. Morgan Chase, saying he was going to, you know, say because of the comments that he was saying. But I think he was kind of making a storm. And then what you see two weeks later, Balenciaga comes out with all this child porn shit. And, you know, they're they're immediately blacklisted and everything, too. Although I still see a lot of people repping Balenciaga, so I don't know what how that works. They don't get fully canceled. It's like a half cancellation because they're so fashion forward or whatever. I, yeah. I, I don't really know, but just seems like a lot of this shit is going on, man, with, with big institutions and some kind of like child sex something. Like there's this has been going on for far too long and like it needs to, it seems like it's starting to crack a little bit, but they're still covering their bases, you know, and they're still able to keep this thing in check and, and save all the careers of these people. Yeah, man. Uh, that's a story I hope that never sleeps. Even if it's like 50 years down the road, man, like there's, there is some wonky shit going on with, with the global elites in this, in this world. And I don't think you have to look too far to, to, to know that's not a conspiracy, what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Um, real quick, I don't know who cares about this. I really don't, but I, I know about it. So I'll, I'll talk about it briefly. There is a rift within the Republican party right now as they are trying to nominate and elect a Speaker of the House. Something that has gone without contention uh, for the last hundred years, right? Uh, this, is a, this way it works. If you are the Republicans in October 31st of 2022, you have no majority in the House of Representatives. After the November elections and the fallout and we count all the votes, turns out now you have the majority in the House of Representatives. So now the power shifts to the party that has the majority. The par party that has a majority will then get to vote on their speaker. The speaker of the house is the person that usually is the one that whips the party, uh, that gets the votes, that raises the most money, that you know is, is, is the leader, sets the agenda, appoints people on committees. They have a lot of power. And Kevin McCarthy was the kind of shoe-in for this, right? He was the person that wanted it. The leadership, the minority leadership at the time, 
um, was going to, he was the minority leader. So then kind of it's so facto becomes the majority leader, but it has to be voted on. There's a caucus within the Republican party called the freedom caucus. And this has a lot of your MAGA Republicans, your America first Republicans, uh, a lot of really conservative Republicans. And they have said, they're basically saying this guy, he's made too many concessions. We don't like what's going on with his decision-making, we're not going to vote for him. And there's enough of those people to not allow Kevin McCarthy to win the nomination for Speaker of the House. So it's kind of playing out like some really bad comedy where this guy's now on his, after his fifth round of, of voting, still doesn't have the votes to become Speaker. He's still digging his feet in. It is inconsequential to the max because the Republicans only have the majority in the House. They don't have a majority in the Senate and the president is as a Democrat. So all they can really do is stand in the way of the Democratic agenda. Um, so this fighting for over who's how, who's, who's speaker and who's going to be, it's all really dumb. Uh, but in case you were wondering what's going on, there's a caucus within the Republican party. They don't like Kevin McCarthy and they're standing in his way. They're saying that he needs to give more concessions to America first Republicans and that he needs to release all of the footage and all the data from the January 6th committee and that he needs to do this, that, the other, um, before they give him his votes. They're playing hardball. It's really dumb. It shouldn't be this big of a story, but it is. And there you go. Now, you know, do you not think I hear what you're saying with it, with the president and with the Senate still being Democrat. But like, I, I would think that this would be the best time for Republicans to be organized so that at least you have the house. If you want to like fuck up their agenda or whatever, like you guys should be all on the same page kind of working together to do that if that's your end goal. But I, to me, I just think it's a really bad look, man. And I, I, I was very confident in uh, Republicans, you know, in this next presidential election being able to pretty, pretty, decisively like win just given what we've seen with biden and the democrats the last three years or so like it's just it just seems it seems like we're learning more and more about that party seeing through a lot of their lies yada yada but after watching like these last midterms and kind of seeing how really like you don't see all of that support come through or like there's this like weird thing with donald trump where he's like splitting voters to me i think i'd be a little bit more worried if i was the republican party because not only are you losing votes and, and you know, like you didn't win the Senate, like everyone thought you easily would. So you're not, you're not making, you're not winning your political victories like you thought you would, but now you can't even within your own party elect a leader to, to, to set you guys, you know, straight or, or get some kind of like clear path towards the next election in 2024. To, to, to me, it's, it's, it's just a little bit concerning. And then you're gonna, you're gonna have a very split voter base when you get to Santos and Trump. And, and I just don't know, I don't know or don't know if I see the momentum required to take back the presidency in 2024 with the way I see the party now and, and the way these elections have played out and are playing out currently with, within the House. Yeah. And the way it looked when Democrats were in, in power in the House, you know, you, you, had, you had your outliers, your AOCs, your Ilhan Omars, the people making the most noise, they still voted in lockstep. It's because Nancy Pelosi still pulled the strings raised the most money and was able to get, uh, uh, things done. And, and you could tell in the Republican party, they don't, uh, the people who are voting against it, they don't really give a hoot. And, and in some respects, I, I, I like that, you know, I, I I do. If, if you're, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to be standing up for staunch conservative values and you have a 
opportunity to make that a priority. I don't, I don't hate that. What, I, what what's, what's frustrating is that it's, it's not like, Hey, we don't like Kevin McCarthy. He's, you know, he plays too much in the middle. He cedes too much ground to, to the Democrats. We want this guy. There's no, we want this guy. It's, we just don't want Kevin McCarthy. There's no, well, the only name I've heard that was thrown out there was Jim Jordan from Ohio. He doesn't want it. That That's like, he doesn't, but yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't want, want it, it at all. And, but he, he's, he is garnering those 20 votes or whatever it is that seem to be going to him. But yeah, he has no interest in doing it. So much um, so that he voted for Kevin McCarthy. He nominated Kevin McCarthy. Did he really? Yes, dude. So did it's like, re- oh, yeah. that's hilarious. Yeah. So it's all, it's all, I, fun. I, there, there, there's no, there's no, there's no cohesion. There's, it's it's all just kind of right. people just pissing on each other. In the end, maybe it makes the party stronger, but going into an election where you're less than two years out from it, I I, I think that they are possibly in trouble where they need to, this thing is going to break down more before it can really get rebuilt back up, which is something I think both parties really need to do. But to just, I, I the way I see it now, man, I, I, it's going to be, I don't know. I, I don't, because I don't know who the Democrats are going to be running as their candidate, but I think Santos is the one that makes the most sense, but you're going to have so many people that are pissed off that were like staunch Trumpers that it's really going to be split, bro. It's going to be like a Bernie and Hillary situation, I think, this, but in this next election, but for the Republicans, because I, I don't see I don't see Trump going, you know, hey, I got beat. Vote for Santos. I, I do not see that. Trump is not that kind of guy, you know? So I, I just, I just, I see it starting to play out where it seems so certain that we're going to see this red swing, but it might not be swinging quite as hard anymore. I don't know. I don't know either. That could be best for the Republican Party in the long run, but in the short run, it might be worse. <laughs> yep. And it's January 2023. It is. So what, what sucks about that is it's pretty much already an electric cycle. <laughs> just like way too early for me to even want to entertain presidential politics for 2024. Four. I know, but, I know, I know. I'm getting ahead of myself. But but anyways, that's what's going on right now. Who knows? Maybe they get a speaker, maybe they don't. Um, it, it seems very childish, and uh, they should probably just vote him in and get this thing going. I know we're probably over right now, but I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about um, what happened on Monday night with uh, yeah. DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills. Um, we had some people over, and... Uh, there were some fantasy implications for me for this game. So I wanted to have the game on, but just kind of in the background. I didn't, I didn't really you know, plan on watching much of it. And uh, we're sitting there eating dinner and I look up and I see, I see people leaving the field and I go, what the fuck is going on? Um, my first thought was like, there was a shooting or something or a bomb threat. Mm. I, 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 my, my mind went immediately there. And then I saw on Twitter that they're like, don't show the video, don't show the video. And of course they were showing the video and I saw the video of him getting hit and I thought, well, it's a pretty routine hit. Mm -hmm. And then I saw him collapse and then I heard they were doing CPR on the field and I go, well, fuck, I've seen a lot of injuries. I've seen catastrophic injuries on on an NFL field. I've never seen anybody get CPR. So I couldn't, I couldn't make heads or tails of it at the time. Uh, Now we know that he went into cardiac arrest uh, during the game. His heart stopped beating according to his uncle twice. And they revived him twice. And we still don't know what happened. There are theories, and the the leading theory is a condition called commotio cordis. And this is something that actually happens, believe it or not, uh, every every now and then to little leaguers. And this is where there is a uh, hard enough trauma that hits the heart at the precise millisecond where there is a electrical synapse in the heart. And that pretty much causes things to short circuit and it stops the heart immediately. People die from this. This is not a, it's not 
common, but it's certainly not. It happens. It's what I'm trying to say. And it happens in sports. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, it seems to be just kind of a, hopefully what it is, is just like a really ill-timed hit um, and a freak accident. There's already calls for, you know, football to be banned as we know it, which is idiotic. Uh, a lot of talk about this may, may be stemming from the vaccine. Again, pretty idiotic. But it seems, though, that uh, DeMar Hamlin is showing signs of improvement, whatever that means. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, I saw that. I heard that he's he wasn't progressing the way doctors want him to be, is what they said. So that's, well, that's some good. encouraging news. But he is still in critical condition. Last I heard, I he couldn't breathe on his own. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. You know this has happened before? Hmm. You know that the, there's actually been an NFL player that died on the field? No. When did that happen? Oh, yeah. Back in 1971, uh, the Detroit Lions' Chuck Hughes, wide receiver, died on the field while playing against the Bears, uh, right next to Dit Buckus, actually. Oh, um, shit. Really, the same Of the a same heart thing? attack, basically. Pretty much the same thing, wow. yeah. Um, so it has it has happened before, which I'm kind of surprised I haven't heard more about that during all this, but there's been a, a, a shitstorm, man. You see Skip Bayless is probably going to lose his job, I would guess, in the in the long run over this. I don't story. know why people... You know what? I hate I hate it when people when, when things like this happen and people just get so sanctimonious. Read the tweet. He didn't say anything bad. <laughs> he right. honestly, he didn't say anything bad at all. People just want to like jump on him immediately. Read the room, Skip. Fuck off. Honestly, seriously, fuck off. If Skip Bayless is causing you agitation, that is way more about you than it is about Skip Bayless or anything that's going on. Uh, I hope he doesn't lose his job. I mean, he's look, he's a he's a professional asshole. That's literally what his job is to be a professional asshole. And he's done it for a long time. He's good at it. Yeah, he is. The tweet is probably in poor taste. I mean, it, it really wasn't. He was basically saying that, how do you stop the game and how do you continue to play? It's basically what he was saying. What do you do? I'll, I'll read it verbatim. I'll read it Please verbatim do. so we, we represent it properly. Okay. His tweet, this was uh, about 9.30 p.m. Said, no doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game. But how? This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome which suddenly seems so irrelevant. Yeah. Timing-wise, I, I, it's like a little bit... I don't, basically, he's saying, though, that they should continue this game like right there and then, which, from all reports, like none of the players were able to do that. The coach was trying to rush to the hospital with DeMar. It, it, mm-hmm. Football was done that day. So to think... To, to like just say, like... I, I don't know. I think there are some cases where like it's bigger than football when this dude is on the field having his heart sure. stop twice. You, you know, so maybe not like the best time to say something like, oh my God, this is so, it's important for the NFL season that this game happens tonight. I think that's like, that's not what he said, but that is like how it was interpreted that he said it based on the timing he, that he said it. Yeah, and it was in the immediate aftermath. It was like immediately after this happened. So nobody knows really what's going on. Right. So yeah, who knows? Shannon Sharp like went off on him again today. So I, I would be willing to bet that if Skip's not fired, Shannon leaves that show or... And whatever, who cares, whatever. But interesting, interesting stuff. My question is, to finish the season out, I feel like that game needs does need to be played at some point. You know, not the night of. But To, to, to quote um, Skip Bayless, I, how? You know, I mean, yeah, the, the season just, ends this yeah. Sunday, and then it's playoffs. This game absolutely has playoff implications about seeding and it, you know, it's it's a yeah. very important game in, in terms of football. The way you do it is you cancel the Pro Bowl. 
not not play this as the Pro Bowl, but if you get rid of the Pro Bowl and shift everything a week, and then shift everything back, yeah, so you have like yeah, a, yeah, technically so have like a week like, nineteen, then have the the wild card uh, start a week late. Exactly. Shift shift yeah, everything up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very good. I had not thought of that. I think that's a good idea, man. I was talking in our fantasy football group today, and someone threw that out there. I'm like, that's a yeah, that makes sense. And who cares about the Pro Bowl? Come on, like, literally. Gotta, I don't know, man. Nobody. I mean, it's just, it's not the same. And even the MLB and NBA are not the f- most fun to watch, but they're at least a little bit more entertaining. Yeah, the it's Pro Bowl, nobody, like, yeah, exa- yeah, right. But nobody's trying to play and hurt themselves right before the offseason. You didn't make the Super Bowl. Like, you you didn't achieve your goal that year. Like, okay. Just, yeah, I, I don't know. It just seems like a dumb event. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. So I, I think that'd be a way for that they could do that. Um, but otherwise, I, I don't I don't see how you don't play the game. Those are two huge teams. What I did see is that fantasy football leagues are, as far as ESPN is concerned, I don't know what individual managers are doing, but they are. As long as the game is played, those points will count towards the score. So if you lost in your finals because of this, it's not over yet, per yeah, ESPN so, at least. So Sleeper basically said, the scores as they are right now are final. Wow. If, if you decide that you want to add these points in later, you can do that. There's going to be a button you can press, and it will do that. Um, oh, wow. So really? in our league, we paid everybody out. And then we've said, yeah, if this game pl- is played out, and they, they happen to play it, then we can, as a, as a league, come to the conclusion of what to do. I mean, it's Joe Burrow versus uh, the Bills kicker. So it's not like it's not like there's like a huge controversy, but you still want to see it played out, right? Like, Joe Burrow could oh yeah get hurt then yeah we in my league uh the girl that lost had Josh Allen T Higgins one of the Bills wide receivers and a kicker like four players and she was mm-hmm. only down like 34 points you know what I'm saying like probably gonna wow. and no one else was playing on the other team so probably gonna get those points yeah. from those four people and and it just ends so it's it's uh it's just it's just a crazy I mean this is fantasy football this doesn't really matter when we're talking about somebody's life here but you know just just an interesting story you've never really seen this before yeah but yeah it is the stakes so. it is the stakes right like it's uh it's not mm-hmm. like it's not like everything else stops because of his injury did you win or lose in your finals I'm down four points and I have Joe Burrow and Devin Singletary and he has I forget. Um, but I'm down four. I, 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 I have yeah. every opportunity to win this game, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, as it stands yeah. now, I'm, I've lost. So who knows? Who fuck knows? Yeah. I guess we'll so, see. We shall see. Prayers, positive vibrations, all of that stuff. We are setting our way towards the Hamlin family. Fuck. To, to just be doing what you love at 24 years old and have that happen, I just, I can't imagine. Jacqueline just kept saying, I, I can't, I can't. I can't imagine being his mom. Like, oh, mm-hmm. See your boy going through yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, tough. send us home. So we're thinking about him. Yeah, if you guys want to send us an email with any thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, if you got someone uh, you want to have us bring on the show, an interview, or any kind of cool story that you see, send us an email over to bummerdude.media at gmail.com. We will be sure to get back to you. And if you want to check us out online to see the cool videos and other awesome things that we do, check us out on Twitter at FriendshipNH. And you can find us on TikTok and Instagram at Friendship News Hour. Frank, you want to say goodbye to the people? Bye-bye.